Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Ali, I'm doing great. I am bewaring the Ides of March. At least that's what uh, my almanac told me to do. It has been a weird <laughs> week. I know it was a full moon earlier this week. I've been feeling a little off, so I don't, I'm not truly into all that stuff, but... Hey, crazy things happen in March. That's why we have March Madness. And that's where I want to start out this episode, Robert. And this is the week currently we are entering the conference championship. So let's take a look at the volunteers. Right now, they rank in the AP top 25, number 17. They didn't have a great conference record in the SEC. I believe they were something about 11 and 2. They had a much better, or 11 and 7. They had a much better overall record their conference they kind of struggled they did get big wins they beat teams like alabama they beat texas but it seems like some against some of the bigger schools the quadrant two schools they seem to struggle heading into the conference championship first of all let me ask you this robert what are tennessee's odds to win the conference championship and what is your prediction of what they will do in the sec conference yeah, great. This is so basically from a seating perspective, obviously, we know that Tennessee is going to be, you know, seated quite high. They already had their bye, you know, and they've got that free pass into their game that's actually going to be played later today. Um, Tennessee, three to one to win the SEC. And I believe that outside of Alabama, probably not going to see anyone else challenge for the championship later this weekend for their alley. Yeah, I see, I haven't been on Alabama since the beginning of the season. I know what everything happened lately, but what's your take on Alabama? What kind of shot do they have? Very good, actually. So when we look at Alabama's perspective and what they've done this year, they're probably neck and neck with uh, Tennessee in terms of how loaded they are and what their plans are going to be. Forget about the, the SEC, but for the entire title. Uh, I, I honestly think that the kids that are playing there right now, I mean, look, Brandon Miller, first off, forget about Brandon Miller because he's a legitimate superstar, right? But top 10 defense, completely reliable guards, and and legitimately, Brandon Miller, there's probably not many other uh, collegiate athletes out there that I think would probably have a bigger impact on their school and on the yeah. result that we're about to see going into the next few weeks. He is a player, Miller, despite the controversy around him. He's a player that can take over the game. I don't know if Tennessee has that type of player. Do you see it in any of their guards or forwards? Not quite, no. Uh, with Tennessee, uh, it's probably a little bit different. Look, um, you know, they've all had really, really great seasons. And honestly, we're kind of splitting hairs when it comes to who's going to be in the championship. If, look, we can talk about, you know, Kentucky and heck, we could even talk about how hot Texas A&M was down the stretch, uh, you know, but with with all of these games, I, I honestly think right now, Alabama, Tennessee, those would probably be I'm, I'm right now with about 90 percent certainty that's going to be our championship matchup. I'm really looking forward to it because to me, it's going to be, will Tennessee be able to stop Miller and break down the defense that Alabama has shown that's been so incredible? I mean, like top five incredible in the entire nation this year, Ali. One thing about Tennessee, and we talked about this last week, I envision Tennessee uh, being, I'm going to cap it off as an elite eight. Do they have the potential to get to a final four? Sure, but we'll get to that in a minute. One thing that separates Tennessee from all the other teams in the SEC, Robert, I see is their defense. 
They've allowed the least most points all season in the SEC. Do you think their defense can carry them far come tournament time? Yeah, definitely. And that's where I'm probably focusing more on is, is exactly the guard play. And then obviously, you know, for me, look, Alabama has been the top team in the conference all year long. Uh, you know, Kentucky, you know, did they get hot in the second half of the season? Yeah, they, they've been they've been playing excellent. Uh, you know, if you could put aside that miserable home loss to Vanderbilt, uh, you know, I, I think honestly with what I see in, in terms of odds and then in terms of who's actually going to be, uh, you know, for your best shot. I mean, look, there's there's dark horse candidates. I think honestly, uh, maybe a little bit of Arkansas here or there, but honestly, with the defense that Tennessee's played, they're probably going to match up. If not with, uh, I don't don't know if I'm ready to give them the number one seed. They'll probably have to win the SEC to get that. Uh, You know, but for certain, we're going to see them highly, highly ranked. Welcome back, Tennessee. One team I do like in the SEC, and I picked them last week to beat Alabama, and they did, is Texas A&M. What do you think – but I actually think Tennessee matches up well against A&M. If this is the the finals, who would you take, Tennessee or A&M? Ah, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> look, I, I mean, it's worth noting, right, that Texas A&M, they've, they've received the fourth highest odds in, in the pool to win the SEC. Uh, Vanderbilt, you know, even though they're the number six seed, you know, they, they're valued as the eighth highest likely to win it all. And then obviously, you know, Tennessee is right now number two, right behind Alabama. I do like me some Texas A&M. I mean, number two seed, five to one odds. Honestly, Ali, if you're looking for a shot, you know, for a, a really good price, Texas A&M at five to one, I'd probably look to jump on them instead of someone that's a lot tighter than uh, Tennessee or Alabama. But, you know, to tell you that, again, tell you the truth, it's going to be very difficult to see them whittle their way out of it. But if I just break them down just from a power rank perspective, uh, Bama, Tennessee, very tight one and one A. Uh, Kentucky, just a notch, notch higher than Texas A&M. And then it's a steep, steep drop off to uh, Arkansas and Auburn. Uh, Missouri, I'm not too excited about them at all. Vanderbilt, now, not at all. So, yeah, for, again, I, I'm looking at. Bama, Tennessee, one and one A, and then Kentucky, Texas A&M, not too far off from there. Honestly, Texas A&M's probably got a good shot to make the final, but things have to go their way in the bracket right now, Ali. Yeah, I like Texas A&M a lot, and I actually uh, I put them above Kentucky by actually more than a significant amount. If you look at their top twenty-five record, A&M's four and zero against top twenty-five teams. Kentucky's two and four. I, I know it's Calipari. I know that come tournament time, whether it's March Madness, whether it's a conference tournament, he tends to get the most out of his Kentucky players. But I think this A&M team is being vastly overlooked. But we'll get into more of that next week when we talk about March Madness as a whole. But I do want to get into March Madness really quickly before we move on to the Titans. Let's focus again on the Volunteers. I mentioned I think that they probably have their – I would say I would pick them without looking at a bracket to get to the Elite Eight. I think they get come tournament time, probably a three, maybe four seed if they don't do well in this SEC tournament. I think they will. I think that they might even get a shot at number two seed. Right now, what do you think Tennessee is going to get seeded come tournament time? If we if we see them win the SEC – Allie, we're probably looking at them getting the one. 
Wow, really? I do. I do believe that because honestly, right now in 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 my ranks, uh, Bama, it's it's either going to be Alabama or Tennessee. So right. one of those two will get a one, depending on who wins the SEC. That's that's for certain. The thing that I'm looking at right now that's probably most effective when we break down, uh, you know, these two schools. It's again what what their strength of schedule has done. I'm sure that that's going to be something that they'll be looking at. Right. Uh, I feel that right now their schedules have been, I mean, look, uh, 26 and five, 22 and nine, they're, they're really, really outperforming so, so well from anything I've, I've had them considered. So when I look at the entire breakdown of, of this entire tournament, it's going to end up becoming uh, who's going to win the SEC. And unfortunately that's, that's really the way, the only way I could look at it at this point, Allie, if we just look at strength of schedule, uh, Tennessee, well, I mean, look, it's probably looking at a top, uh, almost top 30. And then uh, Alabama just had a little bit of a better strength of schedule playing outside of the SEC. So, heck, now that I'm thinking about it. Even if Alabama keeps it close but loses the SEC championship to Tennessee, they still might get a number one. I think Alabama would get a number one if they lose it over Ken, over Tennessee. Over Tennessee. Here's the thing that worries me about Tennessee. Since February, February 1st, they've struggled mightily. They've only won four games, Robert, and they lost six. That's not a great resume to show the committee because we talked about it last week. A lot factors in how well you have been playing as of late. I don't think this is one of the hottest teams. This team was a top 10 team earlier in the year, and they've shrunk now to to number 17. Do you think they could turn it back on again and have that early season success? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, and again, that's because their their backbone is built on their defense. Yeah. Uh, now, especially as we're going to enter the, the SEC championship, I definitely feel that we're going to see that. So uh, a return to form, definitely far more likely for Alabama than anyone else in the SEC. Yeah. So real quick, let's again, focus on the t- the volunteers. What is your prediction without, without the bracket being made right now, say they get to be, say they get to be a two seed Tennessee. I think that's a safe bet to say, what's your prediction? Do they get to the elite eight? Do they have a shot at the final four? What do you think? I do think that if we, okay, right. So on the blind, if we just see, them matching up. Let's. I'm gonna go and sink them into the elite eight. Yeah, so that's going I think that's safe. Their, that that'll be their floor for me, Ali. Uh, and then it's a matter of of bracketing out from there because if they end up running into a buzzsaw, uh, you know, they, they, it it could cause problems. But I I honestly think that they'll have plenty in the barrel to overcome pretty much anyone out there. Not really too big on the big 12, not really too concerned about the PAC 12 outside of UCLA. Uh, so I, I honestly think that if we start to see them start to play some really stronger, uh, higher ranked schools from other conferences, I think they'll have the ability to overcome that. Uh, really the ones that I'm mostly concerned about are uh, you know, seeing someone probably eke out like, I'm looking at maybe like Texas or something. But again, on the blind, absolutely the floor is going to be the Elite Eight for Tennessee. 
Yeah, I agree. I It would worry me if they get in Kansas's bracket. I still think Kansas has all, I think they're a better team than the national championship team that was them last year. I think that Houston, I know that you disagree with me on Houston, but I think that this is the best Houston team I've seen in a decade. I really <laughs> love their defense. I really think that they could go. I'm not big on Purdue. I've never been big on Purdue come, come tournament time. Arizona, I think is a sleeper. I would watch out for Arizona as well. I think they really have come back. And like I said, UConn's my big play this year. All right. Well, we'll have plenty more to talk about once the bracket is. I know it's getting too exciting because we have Selection Sunday coming up. But we do have some big news this week, Robert, because Tuesday, I believe, was the deadline that teams had to put the franchise tag on players. Now, we know the whole Lamar Jackson thing. It was controversial. I agree with the Ravens' perspective on putting the franchise tag on them. This is a guy that has missed almost half the half the season, two years in a row. I don't think he's been as good as the MVP, MVP year that he had. I don't think he could win in the playoffs. So I'm not against the Ravens for putting the non-exclusive tag on them. But let's turn to the Titans. Titans, they had a disappointing year. They could They had a shot to make the playoffs. They were in control of that division all year, and then Jacksonville got hot at the end. The Titans got hurt at the end. Obviously, Ryan Tannehill was out. You had Malik Willis come in. He didn't perform well at all. You had Josh Dobbs come in. Let's start with the quarterback position because obviously that was that's always the big talk. Should the Titans bring Tannehill back? And if they don't, what are their options going forward at quarterback? <laughs> all right. So, Allie, I know I just gave you a lot there. <laughs> no, no, no. This is this is all good. But I I want to I want to scale back and just. Well, come come glide with me for just a yeah. Let's do it a minute and and let's sail up about ten thousand feet up. I don't want to go into the into orbit. I just want to take a look and and just kind of peer into the way I look at NFL and, and the state of how you win a championship. Right? We just literally weeks ago just watched you know Mahomes do it again, and yep. and so the way I'm I'm going to go ahead and just create a tier, right? So here's how to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> Um, A, have Patrick Mahomes. B, have a veteran at like the max cap number of whatever it is. Where are we at? Like now, like 45, 48 million a year. And have like a true bona fide Pro Bowl caliber quarterback that's going to challenge the A, which is Patrick Mahomes. Then there's C, which is having a rookie contract quarterback like uh, Jalen Hurts, <laughs> right? Yep. Um, and that's that's good, right? That's that's like a, a 2B, let's call it that option. And then there's C. That's you having that veteran top 10-ish quarterback just – doing enough, you know, managing, game managing. There we go. I, I I hear that a lot. That game manager that comes in and, you know, you pay him 25, 30 million a year to game manage. Don't be C. <laughs> Just don't be C, Allie. Don't Please. sign Jimmy Garoppolo. This <laughs> don't be C. Hey, he's been to a Super Bowl. I will give him that. <laughs> so that's that's kind of what I finally settled in at. And that, that makes me feel very warm and cozy knowing knowing that in my eyes at least that's the way I, I look at how you break down quarterback tiers right now so Tennessee what what do we do about Ryan Tannehill which is incredible because 
he's been so good. And then he just fell off a cliff so hard. I, I do think it is effectively time to, and I guess this all comes down to, you know, really the, you know, the, the new, uh, Rand Carthen, uh, he's, he's now the, the GM Rand's got a, a major decision to make right out of the box. And I honestly think it's, it's time to cut ties with, with Ryan Tannehill because, well, you don't have Brown to throw to anymore. Uh, and you're really starting to run out of time on pretty much the greatest running back I've seen, at least in the last 10 years. So I, I, in my opinion, it, it is definitely time to cut Ryan Tannehill alley. Uh, but then who do you go to Robert? Because I, I've seen Malik Willis play last year and there, this was a guy that they thought was going to get drafted in probably the top 15, at least at the, the top, at least round one. And he sunk all the way to round three. So there had to be something scouts were seeing that put up red flags. And in the games I saw him play last year, he did not look like a professional quarterback whatsoever. He played so bad that they literally had to go and get Josh Dobbs for the final two games, who played decently. They probably should have won that the Jaguars game the last season, if the last game of the season, if he doesn't fumble. But what do you do with Malik Willis? You're not going to get one of the top four quarterbacks. You're not going to get Stroud. You're not going to get Young. You're not going to get Levis. You're not going to get Richardson. Those guys are going to be gone in the top 10. So what do you do, Robert? Yeah, you think you think Richardson will be a top 10 pick? I think that the Raiders are going to swoop him up. <laughs> that, Robert, Al Davis does not remember Jamarcus Russell. So he's going to go. He's going to go and hang. He's going to go and draft Anthony Richardson. I guarantee it. This is this is just so tough. Yeah, I mean, look, Tennessee, right? They got the eleven, right? So, man, they got it's just so many holes to fill, and there's a lot of needs right now. I mean, look, they missed, God, they have made so many great picks. Caleb Farley was really nothing. Isaiah Wilson, no. Darrington Evans, no. And I, I don't, I don't really know. I, I think at this point. If you really look to kickstart it, maybe you just go out and wow, I, I don't know. I don't know, Allie. For me, I look, if, if you drafted Malik Willis, then do something to help him. So do you just go top offensive lineman? Do you go and get, you know, the best wide, you know, probably the best wide receiver? You may end up getting the number one wide receiver at the 11, possibly. But I don't know if if that's going to matter if Malik will. I mean, Malik Willis he struggled, he really struggled, and I and I just wonder if if Willis to Traylon Burks is going to be what you really want right now, or is it just time to just scrap the whole thing? Do you dare pick another quarterback just after one year after drafting Willis Alley? Here's how I look at the division. The Jaguars found their franchise guy with Trevor Lawrence. I'm still not high in him, but he led them to a playoff win. So give credit where credit due. He's not going anywhere. Right. The Colts and the Texans are both going to draft either Stroud or Young. I, I'm, I'm a firm belief that the Colts are going to trade up with the Bears and draft a quarterback, whether that's Young, whether that's Stroud. It's going to be one of the two. And then Houston at number two is going to draft the other one. If you're Tennessee, you're going to need to compete with these three young guys for the next however many years, five, t- five years, seven years, 10 years, if they're that good. I it's not going to be Ryan Tannehill that's going to be able to compete against them for that longevity. So I think you do. I think if you think Will Levis is 
potentially your guy, you trade up for him. Start anew. Listen, I think Derrick Henry is one of the most fearsome running backs in the game today. But are you winning with Derrick Henry and a rookie quarterback? I don't think you are. So let me ask you this, Robert. Do you trade Derrick Henry to get more draft picks or trade up in the draft? What do you think? I I have to be honest. I don't think you're going to get fair market value if you trade Derrick Henry. Oh, that's true. You just won't because there's the game to me, it's becoming, you know, even as incredible as Derrick Henry is, the game I feel is becoming, you know, running backs at a dozen, right? So it's it's a tough, tough spot because again, there's so many, so many places that you need to address. And and to me, I I believe the, the number one is finding out if if Willis is going to be your your QB one. I would think the answer has to be yes. So if you do that, it's it's probably top offensive linemen. Uh, and then from there, uh, just start bol- bolstering the offense around them. And if obviously if after this year, because to me, two years is probably what you need to find out if you've got a quarterback or not. And so I feel that if, if you're going to make that move and hold on to Willis, get an offensive lineman, to you know really protect and then uh you know look to maybe getting another wide receiver this way you can have a, you know, a little bit more of a target spread out and then give henry a far bigger hole like he's had in like two three years ago yeah so here is the why i brought lamar jackson up if you're at the beginning of my little rants about this if you're tennessee do you even entertain the idea of giving up two first round picks for lamar jackson because you're gonna have to do that because he's on the non-exclusive tag and sign him with a long-term deal, knowing that you have a top-rate defense in the league. They're still a top-10 defense, in my opinion. You have, again, one of the best running backs in the game. Do you take a shot at Lamar Jackson, or you think that is going to set your franchise back if you're the Titans right now? No. No. All right. And I, I completely was not – I was not expecting you coming up with this ace – uh, if I'm told, here you go, and I know that Lamar is completely on board, like we do the a full interview, show him the facility, you know, talk to him about, you know, what our plan is um, and tell him he's going to be the greatest star Tennessee's ever had. I'd say yes. Because, I mean, would he then become like the greatest quarterback Tennessee's ever seen? Going back to McNair, I mean, I, I would probably think, yes, I think he'd be the greatest ever. So I'm not the hugest Lamar Jackson fan again. I, I agree with that. I think he's injured too much. I think he had that one spectacular season where he was MVP. I don't know if you can win with him. But in the Titans situation, I don't think you are looking at this draft right now and seeing you have any shot of rebuilding because I don't think Levis is that good. I uh, My opinion on Anthony Richardson is he's very raw. You're going to have to develop him. He's not ready to go. And you're basically stuck with someone like Malik Willis, who you're going to have to develop as well. I wouldn't mind if the Titans traded for Lamar Jackson because he immediately comes the most veteran, best quarterback in that division. I think that a healthy Lamar Jackson puts the Titans back over 500 for sure. And that running game in the back between Henry and Jackson's legs, Robert, I don't think you can argue that. I I would put the Titans with Lamar Jackson as one of the top five teams in the AFC, hands down this season. What about you? 
I actually think they challenge for the AFC championship that Could way. Be. Could be. Yeah. If we'll surmise and, and you tell me that's going to be the setup. So yeah, you, you have to give up those picks. So now you're going to need to acquire some more help through free agency and, and the like, heck you could strike some lightning in the third and fourth round at wide receiver. I just think that again, now that you'd have Lamar and boy, oh boy, the thought of Lamar and <laughs> Derek Henry in the same backfield is pretty wild. That to me is enough to challenge for the AFC championship. Uh, and again, uh, going back to how to win a Super Bowl, <laughs> A, have Patrick Mahomes, B, have a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. Well, guess what? You've got a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback right there. And I would definitely sign up. I would. I, I would give up those two picks uh, to get Lamar Jackson. And then that would give me everything that I would need to challenge for the AFC championship right today. Yeah, I agree. Quickly, before we move off and go on to some Grizzlies topics, what about if you lose out on Lamar Jackson and you decide to part raise with Ryan Tannehill? What else is out there? Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota. Take your pick of the dumpster fire. Jimmy Garoppolo is still sitting out there. I know he's probably the top of it. But are any of those guys worth signing if you have to fall back on? Or do you just say, hey, we're going to see what we have with Willis? No, no. Then you 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 literally just jettison and and just go with Malik Willis. You drafted him. Look, and obviously it's it's from a different regime. But if you if you drafted him, give him the full year. Uh, let him let him show exactly just how uh, his strengths can you know be displayed out on the field. And I I think you should give the entire season to Willis. Uh, win, lose, draw, and no matter how it goes, uh, and and then just play out the play out the string. I mean, look. You drafted him with an idea that he can control the offensive playbook that the Titans have. So I, I would do exactly that. And I agree. If it's not going to be Jackson, if it's not going to be Aaron Rodgers, and I know we haven't talked about him, uh, then just stay with Willis. Don't don't spend the money. Don't spend the time and the effort and the agony of bringing in someone that you you know you really are considering as a as a second or even a third option. It's not worth the time. All right, last point. I noticed I said the last point was the last point, but this is the last point before we move on to the Grizzlies. Mike Vrabel, obviously, I think he's a future Hall of Famer. If not a future Hall of Famer, I think he's one of the best to play for the Patriots on the defense. He was a longtime Patriots. Robert, does he call Tom Brady and ask him to come out of retirement? <laughs> well, I think that's a conversation that he has to have with brand new OC Tim Kelly. Um, sure, why not? It's worth a shot, right? <laughs> I, I don't think I I'm saying this on my bias. I don't want to see Tom Brady playing this year. I'm just over it. <laughs> so I hope he doesn't make the call. And at this point, I don't know how big of an upgrade Tom Brady is over Ryan Tana. I know Tom Brady is the greatest ever played, but if he struggled with having Mike Evans and Leonard Fournette and Chris Godwin and Julio Jones on his offense. I don't know how he's going to do with Traylon Burks. I, I just, it, Robert Woods, I just don't. So no Tom Brady. All right, let's move on before we end the show today with the Grizzlies. Robert, lots been going on in the news with John Morant. We'll, we'll stay away from that and let's just focus on the Grizzlies prospects. I firmly believe if Morant didn't get hurt last year in the series against the, against the Warriors, that they beat the Warriors. What do you think this year? You have a healthy Morant, you have a healthy Brooks, you, ha you have a very good core, Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, is can this team take on the dinosaur that is, and when I say dinosaur, I don't mean old, but 
just the, the, the top guys in Denver. What do you think? Right. So actually we've got to dig a little bit deeper and actually see if heck uh, maybe it's not going to be Denver in the, in the championship for the conference. Uh, maybe it's Phoenix. Who knows? Maybe it's actually still Golden State with, with Steph Curry returning. Look, I well, think. Let's wait on Kevin Durant's MRI because he did uh, tweak himself at practice. That, 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 that sure around. did look wild. That layup looked anything than, than a hot mess the way he went up with that. Yeah, and just down. I hope he's not uh, seriously injured. I hope actually no one's seriously injured. No. But the way I the way I break it down today is as follows, right? And then this is all just coming to the outrights and, and the future pull odds that I've created. I still have the Suns and the Nuggets as one and one A, uh, and then it's a pretty steep drop off to Golden State, Dallas, and uh, the LA Clippers, and right there with them. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, then it's, then it's a significant drop-off. So in the mix of Golden State, Dallas, uh, Clippers, and Memphis, I really think that it's, it's just going to be a matter of ebb and flow. And there's, there's going to be a, a good window here in the last, whatever we have, I think like 20 games remaining in the regular season. Yeah. All of them have question marks, right? All of them have injury concerns. Uh, you know, the Warriors seem to be poised to get the healthiest uh yesterday Doncic really I don't know how long he's going to be out with what looks like a thigh contusion Clippers they they always have an injury concern one way or another I think they're if you look up in Webster's dictionary load management I think it's uh Kawhi Leonard's face that appears first pretty much I think he coined <laughs> that term so it's it's honestly if you look at what the Grizzlies have it's probably as dynamic a group from all of them. And I think that if we had to pare down among those four uh, and, and everyone, of course, so let's consider them all being 100% healthy in, in a, a five or a seven game series. I do think that the Grizzlies probably pair up in this second pairing with the Clippers uh, and definitely the Mavericks. I think they probably have the most trouble with the Warriors but should they yeah. come out of, of a series and then go into a final against the Suns or the Nuggets it's really it's it's probably going to have to be where and I'm really not too concerned about a uh, home court advantage just yet mm -hmm. uh and if again everything being equal everyone's healthy it's probably going to be the Suns or the Nuggets favorite in a seven game series against Memphis, no matter how I cut it up right now, but lots can change as we can see. Uh, I mean, I, I pretty much have the six man of the year award uh, wrapped up uh, until just a couple of weeks ago. And now everything changes in that pool. So things can still change here with about, you know, two dozen games remaining alley. I still think that Memphis would be the cream of the crop of the second tier, but then would need, just a little bit of a boost to beat the Suns and the Nuggets. Um, do you see it different though? I think they beat the Suns in a seven game series. I do. I think they're much younger. I think that they have more legs. You know, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, they're all just one one step away from getting injured again. I hate to say it, but they have been injury prone their entire careers. I love Devin Booker. I think that he could carry a team. But when I saw John Morant and then play in the playoffs last year, there was a spark that I saw in the Grizzlies that I don't think any other team in the Western Conference has. So I will give them the edge over the Suns. Now, you mentioned home court advantage. I think that if they have to play in the Western Conference Finals, if they have to play Denver and Denver has the home court, 
I still give Denver the edge because it is a tough place to play with that altitude and mile high just, I know teams have struggled there, but again, the, the Grizzlies have youth and I think youth is their biggest weapon. One team that we didn't mention though, Robert is the Kings and I'm still riding high on the Kings. What do you think about a matchup? If we saw the Kings and the Grizzlies in the playoffs? Yeah, I, I do understand that perspective and they've done some really incredible things with what was, really not much to be expected. I still think that if we had to, you know, continue to create tears in my eyes, um, tears, I'm not crying. Uh, the, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we had that second group, right? It's obviously, we, we talked about it was the Warriors, Mavericks, Clippers, Grizzlies. So it's a very significant drop. And then it's the Lakers. And then yet another drop before we get to the Kings. Now, I, I love what they did this year. But I just don't think they have the depth nor right. the ability to, you know, break out and and win 20 some odd games to win a championship. Not this year, but things can change in the offseason. Um, no, I'm not too high on them for, for this year. I do think if they add one more one more piece to their roster, probably yeah, maybe at center, then they probably could look at, you know, entering the, the second tier and then challenging. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies for, uh, you know, at least a series price, uh, you know, not so much of a conference just yet. Yeah, I think the Kings, the thing that worries me about the Kings is the opposite of the Grizzlies, and that's their defense. I don't think the Kings play that well of defense. Opposite, I think the Grizzlies play fantastic defense. I would rank the Grizzlies number two in the Western Conference if it started today. What currently is their odds to, A, win the Western Conference, and B, win the whole championship? So Memphis right now, to win the championship, you could probably find them anywhere between 18, maybe as high as 24 to 1, uh, which is probably, I, I would say that would be at value right now. To win the conference, 8 to 1. So I okay. again, I, I think that if you're, if you're saying that you're going to see them as a conference championship team, well, then eight to one looks really, really good. I was uh, going to say, I would take that value because I think that they, outside of Denver, have the best shot. So I think they have the second best shot to win the, the Western Conference Finals. I don't think they win the finals. I think Milwaukee or Boston is just too good. I think that they just match up terribly against Milwaukee. Boston, they may have a little easier time with, but I still think Boston wins that in a six, seven game series. What's your prediction today, Robert? Do they win the Western Conference Finals? The Memphis Grizzlies would make it into the Western Conference Final. Mm -hmm. But if they would have to play the Suns or the Nuggets today, I would have to make them say about a 170 to maybe a, a 180 dog to either one of them. Uh, to win the series, to win the Western Conference. So I would bet against them today, unless I see something significant. And of course, uh, injuries being what they are. But today, knowing what I know, I would make them a uh, a slight underdog uh, to lose to either the Suns or the Nuggets. I would take with the value the eight to one for them to win the Western Conference Finals. I really would. I do think that they could beat the Suns in the Western Conference Finals. I don't think they could beat the Nuggets, but again, anything could happen in a seven game series. So with that value, I will take that. 
All right. Well, that is our episode for today. I know time just flies by. We have so much to talk about next week. Selection Sunday is this Sunday. It is literally my favorite day of the year. I sit in front of my TV. I watch the live broadcast. A lot of picks I make just from watching that broadcast. I go with my gut. I don't read the experts. That's always been my strategy. Won a few brackets over the years. Haven't done well the last, I'd say, two seasons. But I can't wait. Robert, before we sign off, any last words or thoughts for the audience? Yes. I'm not picking Gonzaga. <laughs> Are so- you sure? <laughs> like, am I going to see your bracket next no, week and see you no, have Gonzaga I, in the no. final four? <laughs> but because you're not picking them, that means they're going to win it this year. <laughs> Isn't that always it. what happens? No, staying away. Please, no more. Can't take any more pain. <laughs> All right. Well, Robert and I will be back next week. Got a ton to talk about. Everyone, I hope you enjoy your weekend and take care. 